0: Hello there and welcome to KDL Stump the Librarian Podcast, where your friendly neighborhood librarians put their research skills to the test to answer questions from you, the listener, or your guinea pig, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great aunt on your dad's side, your little brother, or anyone that has a question. I'm Courtney. I am one of the librarians you'll be trying to stump, and I am joined today by the lovely Emily. Hello. And Jill, our librarian behind the computer. Hi, Jill. Hello. So as we have talked about in other podcast episodes, we enjoy taking personality quizzes. And one of our listeners caught on to that and asked us a question. Jill, what's that bonus question for today?
1: Bonus question. David from the Wyoming branch asks, which character from Pooh are you? So which one? Emily? Emily?
2: So I think it's important that I go first because I if you listen to that episode, which I'm not sure which one it was, where we asked people to like suggest quizzes for us. um, I did say that I take them multiple times. I always get different things and I'm always like uncertain which one I am. This time with every quiz I took, even if I took it multiple times, I got the same character and that character was Pooh and I don't think it could be any more correct.
0: No, it's not. Before yeah. Emily even told us who she was, we like to we guess. Like I was going to gonna guess, surprise them with it. Yeah. yeah. And we like to guess like what the other person got because we know each other pretty well at this point. And I was like, you got Pooh, didn't you? And she's like, what? <laughs> How did you know? Because <laughs> I know you, Jill.
1: Well, you get? I guessed mine before I took the quizzes, and I was right, and I got Rabbit. And yeah, I'm
0: Rabbit. I can see it. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the, the quiz that David did send to us, um, we like to take the fun quizzes. We like to take the ones where it's like, where's your dream vacation? What's your favorite What's your color? color? Build a charcuterie board, um, and we'll tell you what Teletubbies you are. Things, there is a quiz for that, in case yes. you're wondering. Um, so we took David's quiz, but we t- took some other quizzes, and um, – I got different ones every time, but I did get Christopher Robin, and decided that that probably fits the You're best. Christopher Robin. I'm Christopher Robin.
2: Because as Jill and I like to say to Courtney, is that she is the reason we are here at the podcast, mm-hmm. which is a very Christopher Robin thing of her to do. Yeah,
1: so thank if, you for that. If there was
0: no me. Christopher Robin, there would be no Hundred Acre Wood. That's right. Yeah,
1: we wouldn't exist without you. Yep.
0: No rabbit. No poo. <laughs> nope. But let's get into some hard-hitting questions. Let's do it. Jill, what's the first one?
1: Okay, we have from Jack, age 8, from Tyrone. Why does there have to be bugs? Same, Jack. Same. I,
2: I love this question, Jack. Because, yeah, why? They're, they're little. They're creepy crawly. They don't seem to do much for us. But let's get into a little bit about bugs um, before I answer why there have to be bugs. So... When we talk about bugs, oh, we've actually talked about a bug before in another podcast or tick episode, which is episode nine. Um, but when we talk about bugs, it's important to know, like, define what we're talking about. The words bug and insects are often usually interchangeable, but they're not actually interchangeable, I learned. It's important to know that not all insects are bugs, but all bugs are insects. Ah, uh, It's like that square in a rectangle where all squares are rectangles. But not all rectangles are squares. Exactly. It is exactly like that. and uh, That's because insects are a class of their own called insecta, which I'll get into just a slight bit more. Um, and bugs known as true bugs or hemiptera, I think is how you pronounce it, are an order under class insecta. So it goes phylum Arthropoda, subphylum Hexapoda, class insecta, order bugs. So like that is really confusing. So think about it this way. Say you have a bowl full of bugs. We'll say this is your bug bowl, your your insect bowl. That sounds terrifying. It's, it sounds terrifying. I don't like picturing this in my mind. But, but, but stick okay. with me. You love, say, you love running around the backyard, putting insects in your insect bowl because you love to study them. And then after a full day of running around and filling your insect bowl, it is full. So when you look inside of that bowl, you see some insects. There are butterflies. There's beetles. There's some ants, some cicadas. Well, in your insect bowl, full of insects. Out of all the insects in there. Only the cicadas are members of the bugs family. The rest of them are all insects, but they belong under their own class. Interesting. I know. So so insects and bugs are different. Um so I'm going to use the word insects during this which is, question answer. Which brings
0: us to a question we need to ask our collection development department mm-hmm. because in our junior nonfiction we have we use the BISAC. and in animals it's bugs, but that includes things that are not bugs, apparently.
2: That's true. I even am um, going to talk about a book later called Bugs in Danger, and it's not just talking about bugs, it's talking about all insects. But in the way that we speak to, ch- to each other, yeah. like in the world, we use bugs and we understand that to be like most of the creepy crawly things, mm-hmm. so it's okay.
0: It's like my chemicals debate that I had with Jill, because everything is a chemical. Oh, yeah. But people ref- use the term chemical to talk about like artificial things, whereas water <laughs> Is technically a a chemical. chemical.
2: That's right. I love. But anyways, sorry, I'm sidetracking you. Give back to this great
0: bugs and insects. Yeah. So there's.
2: I'm gonna try to keep this as concise as possible. There's a lot to know about bugs. So at any time, there's estimated. Any one time, there's estimated to be ten quadrillion insects alive at any moment. So that could mean like Mm. bugs are dying all the time, and then new bugs are generated all the time. Um, Well, there's like that scene in Bug's Life where the fly goes through (laughs) its like stages of life in like ten seconds. Yeah. It's like he's like a baby then he's a teen
0: then he's dead and then he's adult and then he's dead
2: that is that is a great people should watch that you should also watch that movie yes. just for that part so you can kind of understand what's going on I mean, not all of those are bugs are they they're but they're all insects they're all insects in, but an insect's life doesn't sound as great as a no bug's life. i know and the word bugs is decidedly much better than insects. yes yeah. it's kind of hard to say insects so insects get a bad name um they aren't for well there's sometimes furry they're not very cuddly i don't know that you can dress them up in cute clothes like you can like with a dog um you can't take <laughs> you can't them dress my dog up in cute clothes, well yeah some dogs she my does not dogs. like that <laughs> uh you probably can't take them for a walk on a leash they can't play fetch all that stuff Fine. and then what makes it worse is that like they easily can sneak up on you and surprise oh, you and that's yeah. not really fun and there's some insects out there trying to like Make a life for themselves, but inadvertently they're like causing harm to humans, such ticks. as mosquitoes and ticks. Um, but lice. the vast, lice, exactly. They're just trying to survive, but it's not comfortable for us. Um, the vast majority of insects, however, are not even pests to humans, and insects by far are the most diverse species meaning that there are more different kinds of insects than any other group. So there's more different kinds of insects than there are animals. There's just like a whole bunch of mm-hmm. different kinds of insects. There's more than um, 900,000 species of insects. So there's, there's tons that we don't think about, probably mm-hmm. tons we don't even know about. Um, so, okay, so there's a lot of them, but, like, why, does, like, why are they important? Why do I care? Exactly. Um, Well, it turns out they do a bunch for us for being such like small little critters. They're very important. First of all, and a fan favorite is pollination. Honeybees alone account for um, an estimated 80% of all the pollination that happens in the U.S., which affects some like $20 billion of crop every year, including fruit, veggies and nuts. So if they didn't exist, it would ruin our economy. A lot of um, countries would starve. A lot of people, like, depend on um, the items that are pollinated uh, to eat. And then insects are also a great food source. And so this this has, like, two things that are good about it. So not only do they make us honey, but there are societies who commonly eat beetles and grubs and insects. They're great sources of protein and other minerals. Um, and they're, it's also really great for the environment to eat insects because they don't, like cows take like a lot of water to Mm, to keep alive and a lot of energy exactly a lot of energy being expended where insects don't expend that same energy um that does not make me want to go buy some crickets though i know i eat those i stay
0: uh. If if be it a was a survival
2: stuff. situation, yeah, I'd do it. I I I'd have to do it, but um and then they are also really important to primary and secondary decomposers, so without them, all of our like disposal wastes and dead animals and plants would just like accumulate Ooh. and be gross. So bugs are actually part of the reason why yeah. um it's a little bit cleaner around this world. And the last one I'm going to talk about, which there's so many other reasons, but the, they are so important to our food chain. So they are the sole source of food for a lot of like reptiles and birds and mammals. So if we lost them, we would lose those animals. We would lose the animals that those prey on, and eventually it's gonna you know come to affect us. Okay, but well. I want
0: to I want to cut a deal with Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah. be let's like try. we can keep all the bugs, just get rid of the mosquitoes. Because remember we learned they kill the most people out they of do. all animals. They they
2: kill the most. So let's just yeah. Again, it's hard because they are, you know, a part of that food chain and whatnot. So I know there's no good answer, but yeah. So yeah, bugs are important and maybe don't fist bump the next one you see because it'll probably kill it. But like, say hi. Yeah. Take the
0: stink bug on a paper towel and then release it back outside. That's what we're all dealing with in the winter is stink bugs. They want to get warm and they want to come inside. But Jill, the effect of the Day for us.
1: I do have a fact of the day for you, and today my fact of the day is from a ready-to-read book, Super Facts for Super Kids. And this one, there's there's a bunch of these Super Facts for Super Kids books. This one is called Alligators and Crocodiles Can't Chew. Here they are chewing, not Ooh, chewing on the cover. So allig- alligators and crocodiles are from um, the same family, and there's some other reptiles. I, I actually read this whole book because it was really fascinating, not just the fact of the day. Um, so It's a rather short book, too. It is a short book. So when I'm um, reading here about crocodilians, it includes alligators and crocodiles and any other members oh, okay. of that family. So here is a fact about crocodilian babies. So the mothers lay the eggs um, in a nest, up to some as many as 90 eggs. Once wow. the babies hatch, the mother gently scoops up up to 15 newborns at a time into her mouth and carries them into the water. Oh. Look at that picture of her carrying okay. her babies into the water. It's really cute. It's sweet. That's, like the yeah. one cute
0: thing that yeah. they do. I mean, <laughs> literally the one thing that's cute.
1: That's true. But it is pretty cute, though. It is pretty cute. (laughs) But they're also
0: terrifying.
1: I I mean, yeah, I'm really scared of them. Yeah. But if you read this book, it helps you to understand them more, and it's pretty interesting. So I highly recommend you check this book out from the library, Alligators and Crocodiles Can't Chew, Super Facts for Super Kids, kdl.org. Love it. I love the idea of
2: getting to know those like animals and species that maybe we don't think of so yeah, much yeah. Or like, yeah. like we just learned have, about bugs yeah, yeah. more crocodiles. respect for bugs yeah
0: i'll have to read that book to have <laughs> more respect for crocodiles, crocodiles and alligators <laughs> i don't know they're a little scary to me i mean they, they are i don't they're live scary. in florida so i mean i guess it's not it's not a pressing issue for me because i will also
1: never live in florida i can't handle that humidity but right neither can they so yeah. they don't live here so you're fine
0: yeah We're good. We live in different places. Yeah.
1: Are are we ready for another question? I think we are. Bring it on. All right. On our gross out episode. Here we go. Yeah. Apologies ahead of time. All these things are gross. Yeah. (laughs) A fox doesn't smell its own hole, which I believe means that smells we create aren't noticed by the creator. Why don't we notice our own B.O.? I forgot to mention that this is a question from the Miss Jackie.
0: The Miss Jackie, my dear, dear friend and probably the biggest fan of the pod, I would say. Yeah, our
1: huge fan of the pod. She's a
0: dedicated listener and I adore her.
1: So why don't we smell
0: our own own BO? Well, I'm going to explain it to you. So that's a great and interesting question, Miss Jackie. And there has actually been some extra research on this topic of smell recently. Emily, can you guess why we might be more interested in our sense of smell right now. You mean like real recently?
2: Yes. Because of the pandemic and everybody's concerned that they're not smelling appropriately. It's also kind of like our first like warning signs for other things, like when there's other emergencies. For sure. So
0: the sense of smell has often been the most underappreciated sense. Um, About 10 years ago, a poll showed that people would rather give up their sense of smell than their cell phones. Right. That's like wild. I don't, why would you have to choose? We're not going to get into that. Don't make me choose. Um, but COVID-19 has given the research around the sense of smell more urgency because some people lose their sense of smell when they have COVID-19. When at first the pandemic was first kind of taking off, that was one of your first symptoms. I know people who that was all, that was like the only symptom that they really had was they lost their sense of smell or that was how they knew they had COVID, um, Scientists still have questions around the sense of smell, but one important question is about the connection between our emotions and the sense of smell. And it turns out that we don't know how important the sense is until we lose it. Let me give you an example. You go to your grandma's house and lean in for a big hug from your grandma. This is going to make me cry, Jill. Um, But without your sense of smell, something is missing. That something is her smell. It might be her soap, it might be her perfume, it might be her cooking, or just her unique body order. And I mean this in the good way, not that your grandma's stinky, but whatever it is, that smell creates an emotional connection for you to your grandma. Um, I actually have a story to go with this, Jill. So it's interesting that you chose grandma. Um, I was very close with my grandma before she passed, and I actually have a sweater that was hers that smells like her perfume. She wore White Diamonds perfume, and so whenever I see that in the store, um, I always like, you know, spray it on you or I spray it on like one of those little sample things because that's the smell that I associate with my grandma. Um, So it's interesting that you chose that, which new listeners, we always answer three questions. I always verbally answer two, but I let Jill do the work for one of them because it's just fair that way. (laughs) Um, But getting back to the question, um, let's have a quick look at the basics of how the sense of smell works. So, scents come in through your nostrils, goes through the navel cavity, and arrives at the yellow pituitary, which is in charge of capturing all those smells. This information then travels to your brain through the olfactory nerve, and it's in the brain where you identify the smell. So, your brain tells you, Oh, my neighbor John just cut his grass because I can smell fresh cut grass, which my neighbor great, John great cuts smell. his grass Love all the smell. time. So, I smell this all the time in the summer. Um, The sense of smell is a very complex system. We learned about the sense of hearing in another episode, so get ready to learn some more about sense of smell. Um, It's more complex than vision or hearing, so buckle up, Um, and scientists are still trying to unravel the secrets of the system to fully understand it. So from here on out, we are answering this question in science's Beth hypothesis at this time. So this is what we know at this time. This could change as we learn more about sense of smell. And because of the ongoing impact on the sense of smell from COVID-19, it seems likely that there will be new scientific data on this question soon. Now, sense of smell is our most sensitive sense. And humans can detect up to 10,000 different smells. That's a lot of smells. So why can I smell Emily and Jill but not myself. Remember that quick lesson on how this sense works. The scent information travels to the olfactory nerve and the brain identifies the smell we are experiencing. Scientists think that one purpose of the system is to keep us safe. For example, if we smell smoke, we get out. Um, If we smell gas, we get out, things like that. So if we smell a new smell, like our own stinky armpit, but it keeps on with us, the brain starts filtering out this smell because it's boring. Like, if you're constantly stinky, your brain's going to be like, oh, that's not a new smell. I don't care. Um, the olfactory is looking for the new and interesting smells.
2: I'm having so many epiphanies over here.
0: <laughs> and now you're probably, like, worrying, like, oh, my gosh, do I always smell?
2: Well, I there's been a couple times where I've tried to change to natural deodorant, and I've been like, this isn't working, and I can't make it through, um, yeah. where I've been like, I, I smell, but it's probably because it was different, because before cause I was, it was using different deodorant. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: so the olfactory is looking for those new and interesting scents. So when your mom starts cooking stinky food, you notice it right away. But then it starts to become boring to your brain, so you don't notice it as much. Um, scientists do understand that this is how the brain works. So we don't smell our own smells, but they don't understand why it works like this yet. This is the wonder of the question, why? And listeners, we encourage you to keep asking us why. It's a great question. And I do have. One question for you,
2: Emily. I'm ready. Which animal has the best sense of smell? I don't know which animal has the best sense of smell, but I know that when dogs smell, they aren't just like sniffing it in and smelling it like humans do. They have little pockets in their nose that'll keep the scent in there, and then that's why they kind of do that like sniff, 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 sniff because they're getting like the extra sense from those smells. So I have no idea what the answer to your question is, but <laughs> there's a fact. Well, for do it. Want me to give you another hint? no okay it's it's an african
0: (laughs) elephant i was going to tell you like think about the size Uh, of something you know the the trunk the nose the trunk yeah but yeah and there's also some uh fun video for you to watch in our show notes if you want to learn a little more in deep in depth about the sense of smell so thanks miss jackie for asking us that question we hope we answered it to your satisfaction and keep submitting those questions we love them
1: we do, and Miss Jackie, there is so much research happening right now about this very thing, and um, you can you can find more about that, and it's just absolutely fascinating because of people losing their sense of smell because of COVID. So it's like a hot topic of research right now. Miss Jackie's on the cutting edge;
2: she really is. She truly, is she's As got always. some good questions. All right. Who's read a book? I've read a book. I've read a couple books. So I actually read this because of the question that I got. Um two two books actually. You, you is, don't just read bug books for fun. Well I do. One time I read a, a book about the history of dirt, which was very fascinating. Hmm. Um but this one is called Bugs in Danger Are Vanishing Bees, Butterflies and Beetles which we just talked about again. A lot of alliteration there. Yes, a lot of alliteration, but those are all insects, except for maybe beetles. I, I can't quite remember, but um, it's more a book about insects than inc- true bugs. Yeah, beetles seem
0: similar. You said cicadas are considered bugs. I yeah, like beetles I f- and cicadas are, are similar. pretty similar, but they um, don't, f-
2: well, cicadas fly.
0: Yeah, they do. Ah.
2: I know, I can't remember what the chart said. I only looked at the, the cicadas. Anyway, so this book is very informative. I will say, um, probably skews closer to like, middle grade or teen the content is appropriate for young kids but it's it's heavy its content is very heavy very well researched but also like super interesting um you get an insight to these other uh insects that we don't necessarily think about so it's got like fireflies and butterflies and kind of what's happening in the world of those bugs um it is a newer book so it's got some great newer information in it if you're wanting to just know A little bit more. Some more facts about bugs. There's also this really great book. um, It is called. Insects by Numbers. By Stephen Jenkins. And it is a book of infographics. Which I love infographics. They're great. Mm -hmm. And it's got things like. The height of insects jumps. Compared to like the length of their body. So for example a flea is like a quarter of a centimeter on average about, but they can jump a 100 times their body length. So it's got some really great wow. infographics. Um, I got this. I can't even jump bugs. one time my body. Length. Oh yeah. No, not, like not, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of really great facts in here. If you are interested in knowing about different kinds of bugs and kind of the world of bugs. And there's also even a page that shows how some bugs see things, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. So definitely check that out. I love a good bug book.
0: All right, last question of the day, Jill.
1: What is it? Okay, this is from a patron at Gaines, and it's anonymous, and I think you'll find out why after you hear the question. <laughs> I think so. How many times does an average person fart during a day? <laughs> okay, I
0: love this question because it means that someone is listening to our podcast and listening recently Um, And remember that you too can submit your own question to Stump the Librarian. Just go to kdl.org forward slash stump to submit your question. Because as we learned in our first episode of season two, which is episode 11, who toots? We know that all mammals, with a few exceptions, do in fact toot. And humans are mammals. So we obviously toot. Um, And you should definitely go listen to that episode if you haven't already because it is full of interesting information. Um, We talk about which animals, you know, basically it's a does it fart, yes or no, and Emily has to answer (laughs) whether or not it does. Um, But to refresh our memory on what exactly a fart or a toot, to be a little more uh, polite, is, here's what I discovered. Flatulence, which is the medical term for tooting, is defined as a flatulence expelled from the end of an animal or person that is the opposite of their mouth, typically the anus or your butthole, but there are some exceptions for different animals, and we go into that in uh, uh, episode 11, I think, a little more. But flatulence is, according to the dictionary, gas in or from the stomach or intestines produced by swallowing air or by bacterial fermentation. So when you eat your food, you are not just eating those foods there's some air that gets in there too because your mouth is opening and air can have lots of different gases and as the food that you eat is broken down it can turn into even more gases Um, and that gas has to go somewhere it's not in your body and that's how farts and burps happen so burps are obviously when it comes the gas comes out of your mouth Um, you may be wondering why they smell a lot of the time Um, and I'll get into that a little more what can cause that smell. But it's those small amounts of gas, um, whether it's hydrogen, carbon dioxide, or methane, that combine with hydrogen sulfide and the ammonia in your large intestine to give your gas its disgusting smell. Um, But now that I reminded you about what a fart is and how they happen, let's talk about humans and how often it happens. So do you have any guesses, Emily? More than
2: we want to admit. Uh,
0: (laughs) Definitely. Um, According to Healthline doctors say the average person farts anywhere from 5 to 15 times per day. And I just want to say that farting is completely normal and everyone does it. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise because they are lying to your face and that is just rude. Um, sure, farting is embarrassing because ew, it smells and sometimes it makes a loud uncomfortable noise and it's but it's a part of life. There's a lot of gross things in life. We've talked about some of them. And just try to st- Step away from people when you're about to break wind. That's all we ask. Also own up to it. Like everyone farts. It's just a fact. Um, Now your fats may be loud or they could be silent. They might be stinky or they might even be odorless. Um, Stinky farts though are often caused when you eat high fiber foods Um, If you have an intolerance for a type of food, some medications can do this, um, being constipated or bacterial buildup in your digestive tract. Um, And the amount of time, so again, the average is 5 to 15, but you can fart more. I doubt you fart less, um, but maybe, um, can vary. So the amount you can, can vary, and it largely depends on what you eat. I mean, we've all heard the saying, beans, beans, the magical fruit, the more you eat, the more you toot. And there is some validity to that statement because beans are a food that isn't the easiest to digest and can cause you to pass gas. Um, you might toot a little too much if you eat beans or some other foods such as cabbage, lentils, broccoli, cauliflower, um, bok chuk, basically any cruciferous vegetable, um, bran, some dairy products, um, carbonated beverage, and wheat will make you But don't let that stop more. you don't from let enjoying that stop any you. of those items. No. <laughs> because as Courtney said, it is very, it's natural. You Just, you, again, just step step outside, step away from the people around you. It happens. Um, if you have any of the following digestive disorders, you might be a little more gassy than the average person. So if you have autoimmune pancreatitis, um, celiac or Crohn's disease, diabetes, diabetes. Um, And a bunch of other diseases that I'm not getting into. Irritable bowel syndrome, inflammatory bowel disease. If you're lactose intolerant, um, you have a peptic ulcer or you have ulcerative colitis. I said that wrong. Um, Stress can also cause a bit of extra tooting. Or if you partake in behaviors or activities because you're stressed. So like chewing gum, eating lots of sweets, smoking. Um, Some people do that more when they're stressed. That can also cause you to toot. little more. Um, Now again you can't avoid farting. It's part of life but you can try to avoid excess farting by avoiding foods you know that usually cause you to fart Um, and it might help you to keep a food journal on which foods make you the most gassy. Um, Try eating more frequent and smaller meals throughout the day. Um, This reduces the amount of stress on your digestive system um, eat and drink more slowly, so that can also reduce it. Exercising regularly can help prevent gas buildup in your digestive tract. Healthy adults should get at least thirty minutes of moderate physical activity per day. I count story time as that moderate to physical activity, so it you know, counts. twice a week, I'm done. I'm counted for. <laughs> um, eat fewer fatty foods. You can. There's also medications that you can get over the counter. Um, give up smoking and chewing gum. And avoid carbonated beverages, which I'm not going to do. I love my fizzy water. I'm sorry, it's just a, it's just how it is, you know. Um,
2: I think a couple extra toots are worth your fizzy worth it. Water. It's yeah.
0: worth it. I'll just step outside. Um, and if these things occur, so if the following things that I'm going to list occur with excess tooting, um, and it can't be fixed with any of those suggestions, call your doctor. So if you have abdominal pain. Um, If you are constipated, you have unexplained weight loss, blood in your, when you go to the bathroom, signs of an infection, um, call a doctor, Uh, please. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's, that's the long answer to your question, anonymous listener. And I hope you enjoyed all of that wonderful information about tooting and what can make you toot more and what you can do to make you toot less, but everyone toots. That's what we have learned today. But that was our last question. So, what did what did we learn? What was your favorite thing that we learned, Emily?
2: I think honestly it's just very important to to stress that that farting is a natural part of life and so I think that was my favorite fact because it's true.
1: Yeah. So is like body odor. Yeah.
2: Bodies are gross and that's yeah, all right. It is.
1: Jill um, I like both of those things, and I also loved all of the great reasons to have bugs in the world, Emily. So thank you for yeah. promoting bugs. I especially thought it was interesting about the clean world. I never thought about that, like the plant matter and the dead animals and things yeah. that would just be so much. Yeah, about bugs.
0: Thank you, bugs. Yeah, I think the thing that blew my mind was the insects and bug
2: thing. <laughs> That also blew my mind. I was like, what? Yeah, We've I had never here. really thought about that before. So
0: that's good to know. But also, yeah, like knowing just how many great things that bugs do for the world makes me a little less likely to squash them. Mm, probably not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Still going to squash them. At least them in try my house. to
0: release them back into the outdoor world when they're inside my they're house. They're not doing
1: those outside jobs when they're in my house. <laughs> they're getting squashed. <laughs> put them that's back true. outside.
0: Well, so, yeah, to so do you put job. them back outside. They can go on their as, long buggy as It's way. not a bee.
1: Mm, those are very true. important. I won't squash save important. the bees.
2: Well, spiders are also important because they eat bugs, so maybe you need more spiders in your house. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I, I
1: don't squash spiders. That's I thought no. just ants. I squash ants. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, there are a There's heroes. a lot of those guys. A lot of
2: those. Anyways. All right, yeah. Well that's it for us today. Thank you all for your amazing questions and helping us to also learn about the world around us as well. For more information or to send us your own questions, head to kdl.org forward slash stump. Tune in next time where we answer more of your questions. And as always, a huge and special thank you to um, Kent District Library Service Center, which is where we're recording from today, uh, the KDL Marketing Department and Programming, as well as J.D. Delinsky for our intro music. Thanks. Bye. Bye.